Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light on, Premier Racing time here once again. It feels like it's been a long time since we last recorded a podcast. Uh, Jason Adams jumped ship last week. He was uh, heading up north, I think it was. We'll chat to him in a moment. And then following my Meadows podcast, uh, I took off north as well and enjoyed some of the sunshine at the, the Sunshine Coast. So it's been a, a quiet week and a bit of a long week, it feels. But we're back to business, back to finding winners. And we've got Jason Adams back on the show as well. Jace, how are you, mate? Where were you last week? Hello, Jim. I'm well, mate. So I was up at Early Beach Ooh. up in Queensland for a good mate of mine's 50th, Jared Sharper, as you listeners would certainly know. And I tell you what, I never thought there'd be a day where I'm watching Speedstar from a tab in northern Queensland. <laughs> so that's a first for everything, isn't there? And what was it like up there, mate? I was on the sunny coast. It's about 25, but uh, just a nice 25. I think Early Beach a bit too warm for you, wouldn't it be, JC? Yeah, it was. Look, I'm the sort of fair skin operator, Jim, that sort of... <laughs> Shies away from any sort of high UV, but it was nice and warm and probably felt a lot warmer given this horrendous weather we've got down here at Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. So it's good to get away and, and sort of uh, break up the sweat a little bit, isn't it? Bloody hard to come back to Melbourne, though. You jump off the plane, you think, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How about yourself? How was your trip? Good to get away from... I guess the hustle and bustle of, of everyday life? Yeah, mate, it's always nice. Uh, we slipped up the air to the Sunshine Coast and nice little family holiday with the, the little ones. So, no, it was, it was good to have a little break. And I must say, though, the more little breaks I get when I head up north to somewhere where it's a bit sunny and a bit warmer, I'm, I'm just, yeah, slowly, slowly thinking I may never return to Melbourne. But uh, I think we're still a little bit away hey, none from of that. that. None of that. Oh, mate, I tell you, there, there's racing up north too, and I reckon I might be able to slip me, slip me way into a gig and, and, and just enjoy some sunshine. Oh, Look, I've heard a lot of people say they like to escape the winter here. Like, summer and, and spring, beautiful in Melbourne. Uh, you know, the sporting events, the footy. But when it gets to the middle of winter, this joint's just too cold. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to do anything in it, whether you go to the footy or you, you go to the track. It's local footy. It's all freezing cold. So, it's funny. You go up there and you just you just think it's the same everywhere. And you go up and it's boiling hot. So, um, yeah, worth going up this time of the year, absolutely. Well, here's one thing that may warm us up on Thursday night. Thursday's preview. Thursday's preview, Jace. That's what it is, mate. Uh, I'm skipping the run of the week. We're going to come back to that because I thought that segue was perfect. There's one thing that can keep us warm in this part of the, the world this time of year, and that is Metropolitan Premier Racing from Sandown Park, headquarters in Melbourne, 12 of the best, slightly early start time. I'm a huge fan of that as well, Jason. I don't think we've spoke about this on the podcast. Early starts on a, on a winter's night, I think it is a must, uh, not just for, for participants, but everybody involved in Greyhound Racing. Yeah, 100%. Look, I'm a big believer that four-hour race meetings this day and age is just crazy. So mm. uh, if we can't get the three-hour meetings, and I guess starting an, an hour earlier and, and getting that business end of the meeting through a, an acceptable part of the night's the next best thing. Race one, how do we see it, mate? 5.57, so it's a, a late afternoon start, you could say, with three minutes to spare on with the red wine not Rhino. Terrific speed at sale. Just not sure it's going to run out the 500, but I'll, I'll take the risk on the each way in front. Yeah, that's a concern. I'm with number four, Sin City Angel. Thought she's been magnificent in the past two runs. And mm. look, by all reports, had plenty of ability, but it's been the, the confidence in her past two that's shown through. Yeah, mate, I, I do like Sin City Angel as well. She has gone to a next level in the last couple of uh, runs. Race two, how do you see this one? 
Quick smart he seems to be a real sharp type on the up. So we know he fell last start, but speaking to Tim Britton before uh, that maiden final, I seem to be tough as nails. So hopefully he can bounce back. How about you? Yeah, just not sure the uh, the, the Benali pups maybe have you know the, the blistering early speed to come across and lead races when they get up in class. So with that in mind, I'm with two Osprey Athena. That that win back on the 17th of April, I know it was a fairly good track, but only 5.22 early, went 29.24. So I think she'll end up being a nice staying type, probably even a group class staying type, Osprey Athena. But I think from box two, if she happens to begin kick up on the rail, maybe just trail Max Swan in the early part. I, I think she can go a long way to winning race two. Number two, third race, bit of a raffle. I'm with number two, Corborn Roses, doing a lot right, drawn nicely down to the inside as well. Could almost lead. Yeah, raffle's one way to put it. I had on my notes here, it's a bunch of what-ifs. So what if this is going to happen? Yeah. What if that's going to happen? I went with number two, Corborn Roses, just thought... If she can settle in a nice spot, looks to be one of the stronger ones of the field. Smart minds, holiday minds think alike there. Race four on with number one, Hilltop Jack. He's just a, a winning machine, this dog. I think a, a nice night for David Gill upcoming here at Sandown Park. Yeah, look, we know he wants to get to that middle part of the track, but I think stepping up in distance and it, it's not a real fierce free-for-all field that he can sometimes find mm. himself up against. So, yeah, I'll be with him as well. Lack of speed in the race, I think, is the key there. Just jumping off the red and leading. Race five, our special guest we'll hear from in just a moment is Mal Lithgow. She's got the eight Gotham Baroness, and I'm sort of leaning this way. He's been showing really good speed at the Meadows. I think we'll come across and lead. I think if Trenzalore gets close, he's the danger if he can power home at the end with a, a clean run. But I'll go each way, number eight, with a, a bit of a watch on number two, Trenzalore. How do you see the fifth? Yeah, I'll be with a bit more meat on the bone. I think number four, she's for real. It's just not a lot of pace down towards the rail. So if she can step half well, mm. looks to be pretty dour. So I think she uh, she won't be weakening. Race number six, I thought this was a pretty tough one. I know you're a bit of a fan of knowing. I think it'll be hard to beat. Meets meets the right city race, I think, here tonight. Yeah, I'll be with her as well, but she's uh, done a good job of stitching me up. She's been a consistency <laughs> that's... She needs to get it together. There's been a couple of really good performances, but, um, yeah, that confidence week to week I'm still waiting for, but I'll be with her again tonight. I've been following Shimmer Jake for a while. Last couple of runs have just been luckless at the Meadows, up in class, uh, but I'm going to go with Zevon Bale here. Uh, not really beginning that well, Zevon Bale, but the win two starts ago at the Meadows was good and then chased home Shimmer Pearl eye-catchingly here last time. So I'll go the six each way, but a, a little bit like you're knowing, I guess. Shimmer Jake, I just can't catch at the right time. Yeah, I'll be with Zevon as well. I thought he was massive last week, and he's just not going to ping straight in the front, as we know. So, But he was keep coming, so if he's close enough, watch out. Best bet of the night for me, race eight, number seven, Fernando Mick. Uh, he's just gone to another level. He's been beginning a hell of a lot better. He went 6.42 at Warrigal and then 5.05 at the Meadows. He's reborn this dog. He's had 68 starts, and he is by far in career best form. So I'm each way all day. Best bet of the night, race eight, number seven. Yep, I don't have him as my best, but I do have him on top. I think he's drawn really well. He loves to use a bit of a track, as we know. So he gets away like he has in his past, too, especially that last one in the Meadows. That was sensational. Then he's going to be the one to beat. Race number nine. This is a terrific race. Hamilton in one. Let's win coin, who has just been jet propelled of late. Uh, Aston Tango, who's been roaring around Sandown Park the last few, including a, a really good effort last time. How, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, good race, sis. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm a big fan of McKeon Bale, but I haven't gone with her on this occasion. I'm with Let's Win Coin. It's sort of past three, although she hasn't won. She's been enormous. Mm. So 
hoping she can find the top. If she sets that same first split she did last week, then absolutely game on. So I'll mark her as my best of the night. Race nine, number two, let's win coin. I don't normally do this, but here's run of the week from last week. Run of the week. Midway through... The Thursday night preview. Here's run of the week from last week, and it's a great by the name of Let's Win Coin, believe it or Set not. To run. Race eight, ready. Racing, let's win coin, exploded out, led by two and a half lengths. On zipping heat, who got to second. Third was Indy Matilda, railing through was on the inside, King of Calypso. Between runners, Luna Cruz and Lucy's Villa was last. Let's win coin, five in front down the back. King of Calypso's into the clear and is starting to run on very strongly. Clear then of Indy Matilda. Running on was Luna Cruz. Leader, let's win coin. King of Calypso's coming, coming. He's flying. He wins. King of Calypso gets up and beats let's win coin. Yes, King of Calypso running down let's win coin. But that wasn't enough for me to be disappointed with let's win coin. I thought that was still run of the night. 4.98 on a track where they were not running overly fast first sections. She is jet propelled at the moment. Let's win coin. I think you nailed it, Jace. Last three runs, they're all runners up, but they're all enormous performances. And that 498 to the first split, extraordinary. Hence, I'm going uh, each way play with Let's Win Coin. But in the words of Dan Hibbard, have a listen to this. Three, four, and seven. 498. 498's the early split. They haven't gone anywhere near that tonight. And let's win coin was... 498, Chase. 498. They haven't gone anywhere near that tonight, and it was speed star night. That is a big rap in itself. Big rap. It's big. It's a big achievement to break five seconds at any time, let alone after, of course, there's a bit of maintenance done the week prior, which meant the track wasn't as quick as what it had been in the weeks leading up. And I was actually with Jason Sharp when that race was taking place. He's having a cold refresh, a few refreshments as we do. <laughs> and once King of Calypso settled on her tail, and I wouldn't say on her tail, about five lengths behind her, he thought, oh, no, he's strong, he's strong, and ended up getting her on the line, as we know. But, um, yeah, huge performance from her and still absolutely nothing to be disappointed about. Mm. I've got two questions for you. Uh, speaking of maintenance, do you like the way I just put that segment inside a segment there? Well, I'll tell you what, talking about being flexible on the run... You've done well there. You've done well. Second query I have for you, Jace. A lot of refreshments lately for you. A lot of cold ones. Well, it's something that's been a bit of a habit of mine for some time, Jim. But um, <laughs> look, I like to have a bit of fun. So anytime we can sneak in a couple at uh, the right time and responsible responsible about it, of course, I'll be there. Let's get into it, mate. Race number ten. Who wins this one? Who wins this? Number one, Rufus Scriminjaw. Didn't love the race, but did notice there's been a scratching on his outside in Dream Wizard. So it should be a paddock for him to work with on the inside. And look, he's pretty strong. So if he finds himself in a good spot, I think he's the one. How about you? Oh, it's a nightmare. I'm with Arizona Eyes, but uh, how, how, how can you tip him? I mean, he, he's so hard to catch. He bombs the start. Yeah. He doesn't move for 395 metres. But if there is a little bit of a pack up within a blue, say, getting tired in the lead, I just think uh, Arizona Eyes or maybe even Aston Tenge might be the ones to uh, to come over the top and score. Race 11, this will be led by Why Not Opal, who's got slashing early speed, just cannot run out the journey. And my theory is if Ty Tyler Durden can sit leaders back. It's game, set, match. If Tyler Durden can sit leaders back. Yeah, if he can. I mean, look, 500 metres hasn't really been his go, and he's sort of not in the twilight of his career, but he's, he's certainly getting on. I just couldn't bring myself to going with him, so I went with number four, Tamita. Shown really good pace recently. On paper, the first splits haven't been really good, but 
I think he's uh, been going well enough to certainly play a part in this. I'll be with him. Just has to get to, to leaders back. I think whoever does that sits behind Why Not Opal, whether it not be Tamita, Tyler Dirt, and even Aussie Pack or Go Go Ringo. I think uh, whoever's in that position, yeah. if you could bet in the run, that's the place to be. Race 12 to round out the nine. Is there a winner for the punters here? Well, I looked at this and thought, mm, what do I do here? Ended up settling on Meet Joe Black, number two. Looks to be one of the stronger ones, and of oh, those, a bit of pace. I, uh, yeah, couldn't make a strong enough case, so ended up settling on him. What about you? I thought it was really, really hard again. Uh, Joliet Vale, number three, went 22.33 at Geelong five starts ago. I know the track's been going pretty quick there, but... Uh, it'll lead, I think, from box number three, and I thought maybe Dave Burnett's runner, uh, Miss Uemma, can be an each-way play in the last, if it can track straight over to second. But uh, meet Joe Black, back to form last start at Warrigal, definitely a player. It's, it's a tough race, though, the lucky last on the program. Hunters, punting club. Well, a few tough races on the card. I'm just going to go 50 to nose in the punters punting club on number seven, Fernando Mick in race number eight. It, it's probably, look, I reckon the last three or four weeks have been pretty tough. The grade has got it really, uh, really hard for us at the moment there at Sandown in the Meadows. But I think this might be one that we can play. Race eight, number seven, 50 to nose, Fernando Mick. How do you see the punters punting club, Jason? Tell you what, Jim, the only reason I come on this podcast is to hear that intro week to week. How good is that? Um, I'm going to split up my pineapple. 25 bucks, race two, number seven, quick smart, and then 25 on let's win coin, race mm. nine, number two. Good tipping, mate. Good tipping. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a terrible end for us, Jace. Good tipping, mate. Good luck. Oh, cheers, mate. I thought you were wrapping up the podcast then. No, but, um, no, just having, a bit, just having a bit of a yarn, mate. We're both still on holiday mode. I think you're still drinking frothies and uh, <laughs> I'm still half asleep. Yeah, sounds right, doesn't it? Inside Info. Well, it is that uh, time now of the podcast, Inside Info, where we get to know a greyhound trainer who's got a key runner in the Metropolitan meeting of Premier Racing at either Sandown Park or the Meadows. And obviously, we're looking at Sandown Park tomorrow night for greyhound racing. And we've been good enough to be uh, joined on the line by a greyhound trainer who I think, fair to say, has had a pretty tough week. I speak of Mel Lithgow. She's on the line. How are you, Mel? I'm good, James. How are you? Yeah, going well. Uh, obviously, uh, sad news we saw on social media in the past week or so of the, the passing of, of Gotham Queen, who uh, I, I'll leave it to you just to, to chat about what Gotham Queen was and, and what she meant to you guys. I know she meant the world. She she really did. She was a, a little superstar on the racetrack. She was a, a great mum. She took to retirement. Spectacularly, she running joke, running joke in our house that uh, she stole my chair in the in the lounge room and, and liked to bully me out of bed and um, she was just a she was just a special dog to a to a lot of people. Um, yeah, we it was it was a cancer. We did a biopsy on her and found out uh, four or five days after the biopsy that there was nothing more that could be done for her and said goodbye less than a week after the results came through. Mm. Um, so didn't have a lot of time to process it, um, but she was in pain and the last thing we wanted to to, to leave her in any pain. Um, she, she'd done everything for us and the, the big, biggest thing we could do for her was, was to take away her pain. So, mm. yeah, we said goodbye last Monday and it, it was hard and it's still hard. You still look for her. You still expect her at the front door when you walk in, the, when you get home from racing and, yeah, well, I suppose we're lucky we've got 12 of her offspring still at home. 
um, or more, more than that, actually. We've probably got closer to 15, 20 of our offspring still at home. Um, so it's, yeah, at least, at least we've got the other dogs to remind us of her and, and keep her legacy going. And it's amazing when you, you speak of it that way. It, it is a legacy now because I sold you Gotham Queen as a puppy. She was three months yeah. old. I think we've spoke of this once before. And uh, yeah. just just an extraordinary, I guess, next seven or so years that, that she's been able to take you and Shawnee on. Yeah, it worked out that I think it's, it was almost exactly seven years from when we picked her up to when we lost her. I think we lost we picked her up uh, the first two weeks of June, I think, and we lost her the last week of May. So it was almost exactly seven years to the day. Um, she had three litres of pups. She won Shawnee's first city race at Sandown. Um, she, yeah, she just what what she did and then what the the litters following her have done is is just spectacular and amazing for us and mm. yeah she's given us memories that we'll never forget I must admit, uh, when I read the news, I was calling uh, the races down at Terralgan on the on the Monday afternoon, and, and I was tearing up in the broadcast because I, you know, being a, a puppy that we whelped uh, to then bring you guys so much joy, and then now I guess to leave that legacy and have her, her pups continuing to race, it's uh, it's a it's a very special journey. And we speak of Gotham Baroness, who is a daughter of Collision Gotham Queen, going around tomorrow night, and. I, I guess it would be fitting, if it could be fitting, that she was to win a metro race at Sandown Park, where where Gotham Queen won her metro race. Yeah, so she has won. She has won at Sandown before. Yeah, five hundred. Um, yeah, five five fifteen. Um, I think it was back in February, January, February, sometime earlier this year. So she she's definitely on the board with a city win. Um, she's run a, a lot of consistent placings when we stepped her up to six hundred at the Meadow. So we're Dropped her back again, um, back to 5.95 at Sandown. It'll be her first start tomorrow night over 5.95. But I think the 600 was just a little bit beyond her. She was getting beaten just on the line after leading for most of the race. So we'll just see how she goes. She's drawn out wide where she, probably where she wants to be, where hopefully she can stay out of trouble. So um, it'd, it'd be really, really good for us if she could come out and... Um, and snatch that race for us tomorrow night. There, there doesn't look to be a blistering amount of early speed, and it's not the strongest metropolitan race over 600 metres we've ever seen. So I think from box number eight, she's a huge player to come across. And if she does lead, and, and like you say, at the Meadows, she was ran down a couple of times over 600, but that was behind Set Me Free. And then Corborn Roses, who looks a, a very promising type that we see go around uh, tomorrow night as well. So her form is good, even though she has been overhauled late. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She's... She's definitely getting out of the boxes and 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 leading or, or sitting in a very very close second or third um, for most of the race. So if she can just get that little bit of luck and I don't know maybe some bumping on the inside and let her go around the outside, then maybe she can snare it tomorrow. Who knows? I suppose time will tell. I'll just stand behind the boxes with my fingers crossed and Sean will be standing in the catching pen with his fingers crossed and we'll just see how she goes. And that is a journey itself, being able to do this with your husband, Shawnee. How how would you explain that, being able to do something like Greyhound Racing? For those who have, have never been involved and think, well, you know, I want to do something with my wife. What can I do? How Can you explain what it's like training Greyhounds with your partner, Shawnee? Do you get along all of the time out there in the kennel? Oh, look, we, we do most of the time. <laughs> I would say that there's, there's never an argument. Um, he he has, has a passion for the racing side of it and picking the races for the dogs, whereas I'm there for the dog. I'm, I'm the one out there in the cold treating the injuries and 
the hard work. Um, yeah, well, he he does a lot more of the the walking and the the exercising and the running of the dogs because I have a full time job and his full time job at the moment is the dogs. So um, he probably he'll he'll tell you he does more work than I do. Um, <laughs> but we're both out there every night feeding the dogs, walking the dogs, putting their rugs on, and um, when it comes to the the puppies that we've got at home, the twelve month old monsters. I probably got a bit more of a passion for them than what he does. Um, a little bit more, pa- and a little bit more patience for them when they're covering me in mud, especially after the rain we've had today. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I've been out with little puppies as well, and I'm covered just about head to toe in mud. So it's the yeah. <laughs> the joys of greyhounds. Well, thanks for joining us, Mel. We wish you well. Obviously, it's been a really challenging uh, last uh, nine days or so, and. Uh, we think it would be nice if Gotham Baroness can continue that legacy immediately if Gotham Queen with it uh, win at Sandown Park tomorrow night. So good luck and we'll be cheering for you. Thanks, James. Thanks so much. And that puts the line through another podcast of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Until next time, as you know I say, punters, safe travelling, happy punning. Don't forget, if you want to know more about this great game of greyhound racing, head to grv.org.au or even better, follow them on the socials. They're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Give them a follow and you will not miss a thing. That's all for now. 